Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. Today we're going to talk about one of the latest techniques in IVF to improve the time to pregnancy and that's pre-implantation genetic diagnosis. Now, in previous podcasts, I've talked about it in a general sense. It's been around now for about 10 years, although the technology has developed rapidly to be more specific and include far more information on an embryo than 10 years ago. So now it is being used in a significant percentage of IVF cycles. In our own clinic at IVF Australia, upwards of 30% of embryos are being screened with PGD. As our technology has improved, it's thrown up a particular problem, and that's the problem of a mosaic embryo. When we take the cells from the blastocyst and send them off for testing, with less sensitive technology, we had two answers. Either the chromosome number was correct or the chromosome number was incorrect. The correct ones were called euploid, the other ones were called aneuploid. And what we know with aneuploid embryos is that pregnancy rates are low, miscarriage rates are very high, and you rarely get a pregnancy that continues. So we don't put them back. With euploid embryos, we put them back And while it doesn't guarantee a pregnancy, it certainly improves the chances for that particular embryo to give a pregnancy sooner rather than later. But what modern technology has done, as we've got more and more information, is that there's about 15 to 20% of embryos, when we test them, have a combination of abnormal 
and normal cell lines. And that combination is called a mosaic. Three or four years ago, if we'd found a mosaic embryo, we would have called it abnormal and discarded it. However, about three years ago, a group in Italy, when they had patients who had used all their embryos and all they had left were mosaic embryos, they chose to give those embryos to the patient rather than throwing them out. And quite remarkably, although they have a normal and an abnormal cell line, they produced 15 pregnancies that were absolutely normal. It appeared the abnormal cell line was either an artefact or the embryo corrected the artefact or corrected the abnormality or that that cell line died out spontaneously and the euploid cell line took over. Since then, there are probably over 200 reported transfers of mosaic embryos. And to date, there have been no abnormal children born. What we do know is that when you put back a mosaic embryo, the miscarriage rate is higher than average. So nature in those mosaic embryos where the abnormal cell line has taken over as the prime growth chromosomes has actually caused a miscarriage to get rid of it. So nature's stopping them going forward. So we believe it is safe to put back mosaic embryos. The world is divided, however, because it may still be that those mosaic cell lines, although they don't appear in the child when it's born, may be lurking somewhere in the body. So there is still not certainty that it's the right thing to do. And we certainly would only use mosaic embryos if it was the last resort. The mosaic embryos can also be graded, which helps in the decision-making as to whether we should put them back or not. So we know that certain chromosome abnormalities do get past the miscarriage time before 12 weeks and do go on through pregnancy and sometimes ending up with live births. And those in particular are where there's an extra chromosome 21, which is Down syndrome, chromosome 18, chromosome 15 and chromosome 13 have all gone through to a normal delivery at nine months and ended up with babies that died early in newborn life. So if we get a mosaic which has trisomy, which is the extra chromosome, trisomy 21, 18, 15 and 13, we would be recommending not to have them put back, even though they're a mosaic. Because if they were the one that became the major cell line in that embryo, then they, we might end up with an abnormal baby. So we are being selective in which mosaics we are prepared to put back. But if you do end up in that scenario of having a mosaic embryo as your only opportunity to have a baby, we recommend that we undergo genetic counselling with a geneticist and a genetic counsellor so that you're fully aware of the potential before it goes back. I have to say that our experience has been that despite the genetic counsellor's commentary, because it is the last resort, most patients will continue and have that mosaic embryo replaced. And as I said earlier, the evidence to date is that babies that get through 
12 weeks of pregnancy have turned out to be normal babies. And when you think about it, until 10 years ago, we must have been putting back mosaic embryos and we haven't seen a vast number of abnormalities. So that would be consistent with the fact that nature actually takes out, prevents the growth of an abnormal baby if it's caused by a mosaic embryo at the time of development after fertilization. It is a complex subject and as I said earlier, requires the involvement of an experienced geneticist. Obstetricians or gynecologists who undertake a bit of IVF shouldn't be making decisions about whether you have a mosaic embryo put back. You need an experienced fertility specialist and an experienced genetic counsellor. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.